0: Settling is not an option. For me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario, and today's episode is a little intense. We are talking about being an empath and how it affects friendships, toxic ones, good, healthy ones, all the types of friendships. And at the end, I am going to address a question and a statement that was sent in by a couple followers. So this is a really good one. I'm excited to dive deep into it because I'm a huge empath. And as an empath, I find that empathy is often very misunderstood. It's unfortunately far too common. I hear people constantly refer to themselves as empathetic when they really just mean sympathetic, like they pity people, they feel bad for everyone, people will legitimately say to me, oh, I'm too nice, I'm too empathetic. I wanna ask people all the time, do you even know what being empathetic means? Do you know what being an empath means? Because it has nothing to do with niceness. And if you listen to my episode with my good friend Liz, a couple episodes back about breast implant illness, I had interviewed her she mentions very quickly at a point about empathy. And it was just long story short, that was one time I was having a quick debate with her in the car. I forget, honestly, how the conversation went, it was pretty unimportant. But she was just talking about empathy with niceness. And I looked at her and I'm like, do you know what being an empath means? She's like, yeah, you're not an empath. Like, you don't feel bad for people who give you excuses and sob stories and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, because that's sympathetic. That's sympathy. I don't Pity people who come to me with sob stories all the time and excuses all the time. That has nothing to do with empathy. It is two totally, totally different things. Empathy is where you really feel the feelings, you absorb other people's energy and emotions. It's a lot, it is emotionally and physically draining. Being an empath for me, you know, really means often being flooded with so much anxiety. Because it's not only your own anxiety, but it's someone else's anxiety that you're carrying the weight of as well. When you are an empath, you hold so much. It's like the saying holding what, what great, I just went to tell you what the saying is, and I don't really remember, but it's like the weight of the world on your shoulders, something like that. When you have friends and family and business partners and coworkers and you're surrounded by people often, that's a lot of energy and a lot of emotions that you carry around. I would say that it's a blessing and a curse when you are an empath and when you're really empathetic because you are super hyper aware of the emotions around you. So you can really truly thrive. You can genuinely feel good and do good and be good when you are in a positive environment. It's going to stick with you. It's going to radiate off of you. You're going to feel really good and really flourishing when you are in a positive environment. But on the contrary, that also applies to when you're in a negative environment in the opposite way. That shit will stick with you too, but it's going to take a toll on you. It's going to drain you. It's not going to feel great. And that is why us empaths love our alone time. If you know anything about me, even just following me, you don't even have to be a good friend of mine, even just following me, you know that I am alone more than most people. I'm single and I live alone. I don't party. So I'm never really out on the weekend. Sometimes I go for dinner with a friend, but I really am never out. I don't drink. I genuinely love to be alone. And sometimes I just feel like I kind of have to be, I have to recharge. Like, I love my alone time so much because it is the only time I can really feel my best, be productive, and charge up my fuel. If I'm around people even for one day, I immediately need the next day off. I need the next day by myself alone to just recharge and refuel. A lot of people are fueled by other people. A lot of people love other people's energy. I have friends who say to me all the time, oh my God, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you're alone all the time. I don't know how you go to sleep alone every single night, you know, they live with their partner or whatever. And for me, I love sleeping alone. Like I just really cherish my alone time, something that I definitely have to work on when I am going to live with a partner in the future. But yeah, I would say that's a big thing for empaths that we love sleeping alone and being alone. It honestly makes me anxious just thinking about that one day I'm going to live with someone (laughs) 24-7. Hopefully they have a full-time job so we're not around each other too much. But anyway, let's get into it. So there are different types of empaths, but if I'm being honest, I think and feel like I'm all of them. And those of you listening might agree and relate. There might be more types, but as far as I know, there are three types. I'm sure if you really get into the psychology of it, there are tons of layers, but physical, emotional, and intuitive empaths are the big ones, those are the main ones. And like I said, I can resonate with all three of them. On the physical aspect, I feel pain when my friends do. I can genuinely feel it in my stomach, in my heart, in my head. I get the pressure that they feel At the same time, when it comes to emotional, I cry when people cry to me. You cannot cry to me and expect me to console you because we're gonna both be crying. And as far as intuitive goes, I don't even know where to begin. I am honestly convinced I'm psychic at how good my intuition is. It scares me how spot on and accurate my gut feeling is in every single situation. So if any of this sounds... If any of this resonates with you, I should say, then you are an empath in at least one of those. Most people aren't like that. Most people don't understand what true empathy is. It's common that they don't understand it. So, especially when you have toxic friends or or, you know, friends that aren't really understanding that they negatively affect us. Even friends that we love dearly, so we can't always identify where is this anxiety coming from? Why do I feel bad? Why do I have this migraine? It actually could be coming from those people. Because like I said, sometimes your emotions and anxiety doesn't even belong to you. It's someone else's that is put onto you. And when you have friends that may either be toxic or just don't really... They just have a different way about them. They can really overload all that on you and it might be hard to identify it. And I'm not going to lie, we let it go for a lot of people because like I said, we might love them dearly. So I'm going to give an example of how being an empath affected an old friendship of mine. I once upon a time had a friend who who I made a lot of excuses for and justified her behaviors a lot. She was a she was toxic from the day I met her. I knew that about her. She's known for her bad behaviors, but it was almost as if, you know when you're dating someone and you're like, "Oh, I saw the red flags, but red's my favorite color." It was that type of vibe. I knew the red flags, but I totally ignored them. That's that's what happened there. I knew red she was painted in red flags, but I tried to blend them with blue and make them purple, you know? Now, this type of friend used to sob to me all the time. She used to cry to me all the time that I'm the only real friend she's ever had. She'd be completely lost without me. She put a lot of this, like, love-bombing, friendship-bombing type of weight on me. It was a very common trend in our friendship. And as an empath, I held the weight of that really heavily. That took a negative toll on me. More so because I knew I didn't feel the same way toward her. I knew she wasn't the best friend I ever had. I knew she wasn't the realest friend to me at all. And I knew I wouldn't be lost without her. I knew deep down that I didn't feel the same way she felt toward me. But I kind of convinced myself that I did because I just felt the weight of the things that she was saying to me all the time. So I made a lot of excuses for her bad behaviors and toxicities. So something that's especially important to know about being an empath, and this kind of goes into the intuition empathy, is that we know liars off the bat. We are like metal detectors for Liars, like ding, 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 it's going off. We know when someone's lying as soon as the words come out of their mouth. Sometimes I wish I couldn't read people so easily because it is the reason I'm very private and have a very small circle because I just see through so many people that I legitimately can't be that person who has tons of friends. But because of this, I am so close with the friends I do have. I appreciate my friends times a million. These are my friends since high school. I am obsessed with my friends. I love my friends so much. And that one toxic friend I used to have, I did catch on to a lot of little things like lying, playing the victim a lot, very, a lot of pity parties, a lot of half truths and things of that sort, if you guys are catching my vibe. But it was hard to do anything about it because I felt as if I had a responsibility to her to protect her and include her because she would constantly make comments about me having other friends. Like, why do you have other friends who aren't me? You know, and it was kind of jokingly, you know, like when you're younger, you make those kind of comments like you're not allowed to have any other friends. But I also knew it was subliminally like how she honestly felt. I knew that she wasn't joking. And we're much older. You don't really make jokes like that when you're in your late 20s, like, don't have other friends. And there were comments that she would often make saying, like, we have no friends. Oh, it's just us. We have no friends. And I almost felt as if she was just trying to convince me that we both have no friends. But deep down, I'm like, well, no, I do have friends. You don't have other friends. So you want me to also have no other friends so that I'm only friends with you. Are you guys catching my drift? I felt like a responsibility. I felt like a mother or older sister figure to her even though I was younger than her. That's just kind of how it felt. And all of my friends always were like, does she not like us? She's like your shadow when she's around. She won't step a foot away from you. She hardly says hi, let alone saying bye. That's like, ask me for too much. And that feedback really used to take a toll on me. I was constantly like, well, no, she's just shy which I knew wasn't true, but it made me way too anxious to admit these things because it was draining. Going back to the physically and emotionally part, it was draining. She was always crying and pointing fingers at what everyone else does wrong to her. So it was a lot for someone who could feel so much. I just constantly felt the the need to empathize with her. And I just felt like a lot that was happening, quote, quote, to her, I only knew her side of everything, of course, and there there was always something happening. I almost felt like the things that were happening to her were also happening to me, like we were a package deal. So I definitely justified a lot of her behaviors that people were like, what's wrong with this person? Why is she not nice or friendly at all? Because I knew she was going through something and I also took on the feelings with her. And I have learned over time how important it is for me as an empath to have boundaries. If you listen to my first episode about maintaining your energy, I talk about the importance of boundaries. And during this time period with this friend, I really just had no boundaries. We had no boundaries. So a lot of these things that I had done with her or for her or conversations that I engaged with were kind of out of guilt or fear of letting her down. Like I can't really fully explain it. But... We had no boundaries in our friendship and at least I can speak on my own behalf that I would have done anything and everything for her. I knew that the limit did not exist. That was a really big problem I would say in that friendship and it's something that I learned is majorly important to have when you are an empath. When that friendship came to an end, because if you couldn't tell, (laughs) it came to an end, she did exactly as I'd expected, which was lie on my name, play the blame game, point fingers at me as she did throughout our whole friendship about other people, except now it was at my expense, which was totally expected. I would have expected nothing less from her, (laughs) but, Funny enough, I had enrolled in a course about being an empath right before we stopped being friends. It felt like the right time. And it was funny because we had a falling out right after. And then the course began a day or two after our falling out. So I joined the course, I just could feel that it was something I needed, right place, right time, learning about empathy. And then we had our breakup, if you will. And then the course began, I remember, legitimately about 48 hours later. So couldn't have been at better timing. And during that course, I had finally learned what this all really meant. I learned that the anxiety I carried around for all this time wasn't even my own. It was hers that she poured onto me. So during that course, I learned how to remove myself from those anxieties. So by the time that she was bashing me and playing the victim game where I was the bad guy, I had already felt good enough and okay enough and removed enough from the situation to not let it consume me. So I didn't respond. I didn't defend myself. I did not engage. I just let it be because I no longer held the weight of her emotions and her stressors, which if this had happened prior to me taking the course, I definitely would have still carried that weight around. So I took that course, I guess, two years ago. Now, I believe that that was 2019. And I learned a lot, obviously, but part of what I learned one main thing was the importance of decluttering. I did not realize how much clutter affected me and my anxiety as an empath and all of that and getting rid of anything that you could possibly get rid of helped me tremendously things around your house that you don't need clearing out your closet emptying out your emails your phone contacts the photos in your iphone so many different things throwing out physical objects that you just don't even need to look at in itself anymore helped so much getting rid of all those old products and junk under your bathroom sink or your kitchen sink getting all that out was so important. And of course, most importantly, I deleted all the texts in my inbox with people that I wasn't currently talking to. So my text thread with her was gone. My text thread with guys that I was talking to at the time, like kind of on and off, gone. My phone inbox was like my mom, my best friend group chat and my work conversations. That was it, and to this very day, I keep my inbox like that. I always keep my apartment decluttered. I always declutter my emails and anything. I just don't let anything in my life get cluttered. So many people are so worried about keeping receipts. Everyone's always so concerned about having screenshots and receipts of this and the other. I don't give a fuck, I really don't. You said what you said, and that's that. If I need to prove my, like myself or anything to anyone, why am I in drama? That is the bigger question, you know? So let me not, okay? So receipts, gone, out the window. I don't care. The only receipts I keep are my coupons on my 50-mile-long CVS receipt. You could see my whole inbox right now on one screen without scrolling. If you open my text, every single conversation would be right there in front of you. That's it. Once I end the conversation, I delete the chat. It just really helps so much to be decluttered, and I did not realize how much that would positively affect my emotional and physical state, honestly. And of course, I learned so many more things from that course, but I just feel like that tangible was the biggest life and mood alternator for me. Otherwise, the other things are obvious, like journal what you feel and identify what makes you feel that way. Because yes, putting pen to paper is huge when it comes to admitting to yourself why you feel the way that you feel. Once you put that pen to paper, You can't run from it. Once you write it down, it's no longer a thought in the back of your head. It's real. It's in writing. It's in ink. It is there in front of you. You are reading it like a freaking book. Aside from that story, that toxic story with that toxic friend, I am grateful to feel the feelings for my good friends for the people in my life. And I am grateful that I do get to feel the way that I feel. Empaths are natural healers. It is a gift. It's a blessing. I truly, truly believe that it is a blessing. Despite the fact that toxic people will tend to see you as their own personal therapist and throw all their anxiety on you. I actually think it's a compliment. And it's a good thing. You know, people see you as the healer that you are. That is a gift. And while some may take advantage of it, there are good friends and they truly appreciate the gift that you have. They appreciate that you are their comfort and they know that they can come to you with anything without taking you for granted without taking advantage of you. As an empath, I'm that friend who cries real tears with you when you go through a breakup. No, you cannot cry on my shoulder. Hand me the tissues, bitch, you're hogging them. We are crying together, we are in this together. That every single time my friends go through a breakup, I I also go through a breakup. And another couple things that you might not know relates to being an empath. When you are an empath, you are typically the friend who tells their friends what to say in an argument or a conversation. Like empaths will type out the whole message for you because it's as if it's us in the argument or us having the conversation. Empaths are the friends who are like, here, hold it, don't don't say anything yet. Ty- type this, say this, copy and paste this. And we're also the friend Who gives the best advice? We give the most advice. Everyone goes to their empathetic friend for advice. I would say we give great advice because we truly take on the scenario as if it's our own. We fully understand where people are coming from. We always see the bigger picture. We don't just, it's not just black and white for us. We see every color of the rainbow the grays, the pinks, the blues, we really see every situation for all of its layers. So we can give you in full detail, examples of what we would do or how we would handle it. I think that we're great friends, if I'm being honest, we really are that friend who got you. Now, going back to the whole intuitive, part of being an empath I want to read a DM that I got from a follower about this topic she said I had a dream of a childhood friend I hadn't seen him in 10 years we were so close growing up but he could have been dead for all I know so if you guys needed to know how far removed they were she did not even know if he was dead or alive so in the dream he was in a taxi with me and he seemed in distress I woke up and I couldn't shake this feeling that I had to find him and reach out I kept telling my boyfriend at the time that something was wrong and I needed to find him. So I did. I found his Instagram and at the risk of looking absolutely insane, I DM'd him. Turns out he was at the lowest of lows in his life. And me messaging him saved his life. I have the chills saying those words out loud. Like, that is deep. That is deep. I feel that in my soul right now. I am just staring at this message like holy shit, what a gift, what a blessing to have that level of empathy. Like do you understand guys, she saved someone's life by acting on that intuition that she felt in her gut. That is crazy and it makes me really think about all the times that I had gut feelings like that and I didn't act on it. And now I feel guilty. Now I feel bad. Like I should have picked up the phone. I should have made that phone call. I should have sent that message. So let this be your lesson of the day. If you have that empathetic intuition feeling of helping someone, reaching out to someone, even just checking in, do it. This is my lesson of the day because I am blown away. If if you can relate to that, guys, you are hearing this message at the right time. Go do it right now. Go reach out to that person right now. Now, I had two other followers reach out as well. One is a friend who asked a question and the other is a therapist who wanted to share a little bit on this topic. So I'm going to ask the question and incorporate the little tips from the therapist and use that as the answer if that all makes sense to you guys. The one girl said, yes, I need any advice I could get to this. As soon as my boyfriend walks through the door, my energy automatically shifts because I immediately take on his. I guess my question is on how not to do that. So the woman who reached out offering some words said, she's going to talk more about how to channel your highly sensitive tendencies into working for you and not against you. Firstly, she said, No is not a bad word. No is good. So if you truly don't want to do something or are only doing something out of guilt, it's going to drain you so much more significantly. So show up for others when it aligns for you and it won't drain you as much. And then the bonus is that you don't feel like crap about it before, during, or after. So don't be afraid to say no. Don't be a yes man. Only say yes to what aligns with you. Two is that boundaries are mandatory, not optional. So I actually talked about this before. So she says, before you offer yourself your time or anything of value to you, consider this. Are you doing this because you want to do this or are you doing this for someone else's desire more so than yourself. And sometimes the people that you are setting boundaries with like your boyfriend or your partner will likely not respond so positively, at least at first, she says. So do not fear that sort of reaction. Acknowledge the other person's disappointment and ask for understanding and grace because you too are also only human. Just stay neutral. Don't escalate. I talk in the first episode about how important maintaining your energy is. So if they're angry, don't match their anger. Don't match their energy. And the one last bit I want to share from her is the importance of awareness. This is key. Try to bear witness to your habits and how your empathetic tendencies play out. Do you tend to put others' needs before your own? Do you take some time for self-care? This part needs time and consistency. So I really thought that those little bits and pieces from her actually went perfectly hand in hand with the question about lowering your energy and shifting your energy based on when a certain someone walks in the room and maybe they don't have the greatest energy right now. So that is all we have this week. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed talking about it. I will see you girls soon. Until next time.